This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon and welcome. The cost of putting food on the table is going up. According to Canada's food price report, we can expect food prices to rise by 2 to 4% in the next year. The researchers expect the biggest price hikes in the meat category. It is projected to increase by up to 6%. So will this affect your diet? Many people are already trying to move to a more plant-based diet, both for health and also ecological reasons. Now you can throw cost into that mix. This will all add up to an extra approximately $500 a week for the average family, obviously less for people who are single or couples. And just yesterday we heard about food insecurity in our area. One in eight households is already afflicted by this. I would like to hear from you. How is this going to affect your budget? How is this going to affect your diet? Do you have any tips on how to save on groceries? We keep hearing from our listeners, many on fixed incomes, they don't go up. The numbers to call 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. Right now, let's go to Simon Samoji. He is the Errol Chair in the Business of Food and Associate Professor in the School of Hospitality at the University of Guelph. Simon, welcome. Thank you for being with us. Well, thank you for having me, Libby. Well, first of all, what are the reasons for this increase, which is projected to be above the rate of inflation? Well, there, there's a number of reasons. Um, you mentioned meat. Uh, the other one would be vegetables as another category that's going up quite high. There are some similarities. You know, both are globally traded commodities, um, particular meat, meat, and um, we're seeing a big impact of politics. So uh, China is one of the world's largest consumers of meat, particularly pork, and they have a problem with a virus called African swine fever. So they're trying to import as much pork as they can get from around the world. So uh, that could mean higher prices for Canadians uh, across the board. Vegetables is another one. Um, vegetables has the issue in that the reality of the Canadian climate is that from now until May, the ground is too cold to grow vegetables in the traditional way. So we have to import a lot from US and Mexico. And then those trucks that ship us the, the food tend to get or can get uh, impacted by weather events, uh, slowdowns because of winter storms. Uh, we've seen things such as E. coli contamination. Uh, that's really hurt um, the romaine lettuce. And then tra- trends and fads. We've seen earlier this year the, the celery juice craze uh, where people were paying $7 a bunch for celery. So you have a lot of weather events, political events, 
um, even food scares and food safety issues impacting price. Uh, it's interesting, you know, just yesterday I saw a report about potatoes and that a lot mm -hmm. of the potato crops are failing because of early frost. They can't get them out mm -hmm. of the ground. Uh, and I'm sure that will play into it, of course. I mean, potatoes are, you know, they're a starch and a staple that mm -hmm. fill out people's diets. Mm. So that's an interesting one. I, I think in the, in the short term, we, we don't have to worry too much about uh, increasing potato prices. You're right, we've had a very early start to winter in a lot of areas in, in Canada, and we've had, we've had the uh, frosts as well. Um, but the large companies, the McCain's, you know, the Cavendish Farms, these people, they've been working on maintaining potato supplies for quite a while. So I think in the short term, we're pretty much okay. But I think longer term, into the six to 12 month uh, time period, we could be impacted with the, with the potato chips we eat and the fries we like to eat. Uh, I'd like to get a little bit back to the meat. Now, you mentioned China and their pork problem there. Mm. But uh, would that also impact and, and increase the price of other meats like uh, beef or, uh, I don't mm. know, chicken? is It's not really considered a meat. Mm -hmm. But does that have a ripple effect for everything? So chicken, uh, we, we pretty much eat the chicken in Canada that we produce, uh, and we have a system for that called supply management. Canadian beef, on the other hand, is a globally traded commodity, and pork as well. So, yeah, it could impact beef prices. It could impact pork prices. Uh, the thing with meat is interesting. It's very different from vegetables in that, we, you know, you've only got chicken, pork, beef, um, lamb. Uh, you've only got four types of meat, generally speaking. Uh, well, with vegetables, you've got so many different types of vegetables, so many different types of fruits, and you can alternate based on, you know, sometimes there might be different types of potatoes and, you know, different types of lettuce. Um, but you can't really do that with meat very much. It's more about the cuts and or if it's sausages and those sort of things. So we have less flexibility with meat. I think the other issue to consider is that uh, grocers know that Canadian meat consumers are willing to pay a little bit more for meat. So that if prices go up to some extent, uh, it won't diminish the demand for meat. And I'll still have people buying it. That's interesting. Uh, I'm also looking at seafood, which uh, mm. you have projected at 2 to 4%. So still mm. higher than inflation. I mean, people are trying to shift some of their con mm. consumption, say, of red meat mm. to, to seafood. But everything is not going up as much as meat. Uh, mm. What's happening there? Again, on that, you know, we, we've seen reports about contamination in fish farms and, and harm mm. to wild fish stocks. Mm. How... How do those factors play into what we have to pay at the grocery store? Well, it's interesting. Seafood is one is a truly global commodity. We, we, if you go down to your local grocery store and, and have a look at the, particularly the frozen uh, seafood products, they come from all corners of the globe. Uh, so individual problems or shortages or you know bad weather and harvest, if it's particularly for aquaculture, can impact the prices that we pay all the way over here in Canada. We are a large producer of aquaculture and particularly Atlantic salmon being a, a favourite product of Canadians and most of North Americans. We've seen the, the price of uh, salmon increase remarkably over the last year. We've seen the, the events in BC with um, fish farm issues. We've seen um, droughts and other water-related issues impacting the supply of salmon. So, you know, Seafood is, is a good alternative. We're not expecting prices to be 
as high going up, but you just need to be careful because seafood is, let's be honest, particularly if it's fresh, not frozen, is very expensive anyway. Okay, hang on, Simon. I'm going to take a call from Maureen in Scarborough. Um, mm-hmm. uh, okay, Maureen, are you there? Yes, and it's Noreen. Oh, sorry. <laughs> That's okay, dear. First time caller. Okay, wait a minute. Go ahead, Maureen. Noreen, <laughs> sorry. That's okay, dear. I'm a senior citizen, and, and I live on a limited income on a pension. And I find that, and I also live in an apartment building where I I see a lot of uh, recycling and garbage disposal, and you would not believe the amount of food that is thrown out. Um, I, I think it, it's lack of education in the home that that people like if I buy vegetables and I and I buy like a large package of peppers and I know I'm not going to eat them all I cut them up and and trim them up put them in a bag and throw them in the freezer and they're good to cook with anything you know that's a way of saving money I never throw anything out but I like I said and I see a lot of um, deliveries from uh, Uber Eats and um uh, food constantly cars coming in and delivering food I mean that's an expense in itself people I guess have to, to learn that um, you know I think a lot of the young people especially yeah they don't uh, they don't like to cook so much you know there have even been people who said that kitchens are going the way of the dodo bird uh, Maureen what do you do to try to save money well I I I shop on when anything is on sale and if I'm cooking I'm cooking like basically for myself and if I buy um, salmon for instance and if it's on sale which I very rarely do unless it's on for the little fillets maybe three ninety nine or something a piece like if I buy it I, I freeze one right away and cook one or if I make a large amount of food like if I'm look uh, cheaper cuts of, of meat if I'm cooking in the in the slow cooker then I have stuff to freeze or if I buy say five chicken breasts because they're on sale boneless skinless I put them all in uh, Ziploc bags and throw them in the freezer and uh, are you going to cut back on anything because of this well, probably um, I don't you know like I don't um, like I said I'm just one person so I'm finding that I do cut back on, I don't eat beef and I don't eat, um, I eat chicken, sometimes fish, but I eat a lot of vegetable uh, based meals and if the veg, but what makes me angry is when I buy romaine lettuce and I have to throw it in the garbage because Mm -hmm. there's a warning about E. coli. Mm -hmm. Yep, yep. Okay, you know, I mean, who's going to reimburse you? I know it was on the news this morning about the coleslaw, but... I, I mean, I don't buy the bag salads, but if you have to go and throw food out because the government is not paying attention. Well, um, the the supermarkets will usually take it back, but that's a bit of a pain as well. Noreen, yeah. thanks for your call. Thank you. Okay, let's go to Linda in Chesley. Can we get that call? I enjoy your show. Thanks for taking my call. Okay, you're very uh, welcome. Thank you. I'm a senior citizen on a fixed income, and... When I buy vegetables, uh, you know, you peel your potatoes, you peel, you know, your core, your cabbage and stuff like that. I have a bag I put in the freezer of all the peelings. And then when I get enough of them, I, I put them in a pot with some water and I boil them. And then I strain off the juice and I make a soup out of that juice. 
Okay. That's, um... And I save a lot of money doing that. Yep. I, I don't throw any food out. If I, if I boil some chicken uh, to make a stir-fry... I save the stock, and I, I'll, I'll use that with the vegetables. And, and the stock will be really good. Linda, thanks very much for your call. You're welcome. Have a great day. Thank you. Uh, so, Simon, how big mm. an issue is food waste? It's a big issue. I mean, we, we, we see people going to stores, particularly the big box stores like Costco, and they, they see the 10 kilograms of potatoes or, you know, the... The three kilograms of, of blueberries and they buy them all but then half of them rot in the in the fridge i think there's two things you can do and, and the callers really hit the nail on the head the first thing is buy what you need if there is a sale use what you can and freeze what's left i think another point is that uh we've had the canadian food guide that's come out recently it said a whole bunch of things about what foods people should be eating but it talks a lot about cooking at home and restaurants are expensive so if you want to cut down your food bill go to less restaurants and finally there's one part of a grocery store that you can't get people to go to it's a place where you've got generally high quality vegetables uh, they may not look as good they may not taste as good but they're as nutritious as any of the other vegetables and that's the frozen vegetable aisle so don't be scared of frozen vegetables. They're a good thing. They're nutritious, but you only use what you need. And the rest, you t typically um, put in the freezer and keep it there until you need to use it. Yeah, the other part of it, you know, our caller mentioned she keeps seeing Uber Eats. Uh, mm. You know, people are just not cooking. That's got to have a huge impact on the costs of food. Uh, it's a it's a symptom of the 21st century. People are working longer hours. They've got big mortgages. They've got lots of bills. They just don't have time. So things like Uber Eats, uh, things like restaurants, they, they give convenience. And yes, they're definitely more expensive. So you know, it, it comes down to balancing that. I need food. I, everyone has to eat. But balancing the idea of well, I can cook what I can cook when I can cook, but then trying to cut down on the expensive restaurant use. Okay, let's take a call from Helen in Toronto. Hi, Helen. Hi, Libby. Um, when we were growing up, my father died when I was very young, and my mother used all kinds of things to make meals stretch. She and um, she's, now, she's now got dementia, and when I went up to visit her one day, we were looking at ads, and it, the penny had just dropped. My mother, when we were sick, would cut up pears and give them to us, with toothpicks and we thought that was a treat the penny dropped she used to buy bruised fruit throw that piece out and we would eat the rest of it um there are a lot of things that i've seen my mother had a caregiver who would cut the head off the broccoli and throw the rest out and i said no give it to me i make broccoli soup out of the other end of it uh there are so many ways that i see uh where people can save based on what my mother used to do you know the bread at that time came in wax paper. She would separate the two pieces, and there were the uh, lunch wrappings for my father's next two lunches. So there are, but the 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 wax. By the way, by the way, that kind of paper for bread. If you go to the really fancy artisanal bread places now, they wrap them in paper so they stay kind of crispy rather than getting all mushy from the from plastic the paper bag. 
Right. Helen, thanks for your call. There was another idea, and that would be that uh, there'd be a cooking class for those who could take advantage of it using lower-priced items, beans and all the others, and perhaps there would be a sponsor who would give those people a crock pot or something to make cooking easier. Okay, thanks for that, Helen. Um, Simon Samoji, huh. you know, we've been talking about how not to waste food, but mm -hmm. I understand that a big part of the food waste problem is at the industry level. So mm -hmm. if you have uh, vegetables that are misshapen or the wrong color, mm -hmm. even though there's nothing wrong with them, a lot of mm -hmm. them just get thrown out. Yeah, we're, we're, that's been recognized quite clearly by a lot of members in, in the in the food supply chain. There's been a lot of reports recently that talk about um, the staggering waste that occurs. You know, up to 40% of food that could be used is being wasted, which is huge amounts. Now, we are getting smarter. We're thinking about things such as circular economies to reuse, repurpose those types of foods. Obviously, there are some limits. Um, obviously, the things that are a little bit um, misshapen or um, damaged, you know, we, in the case of misshapen, I mean, the stuff is just as good. And we've seen Loblaws and, and, and Metro look at different ways of having uh, the, the ugly fruit section, the little bit cheaper. But people, people are strange. You know, it comes down to consumer behavior. People buy with their eyes. And while they want to save money, it's sometimes a bit tricky. Um, so, yeah, I, we, we're getting better. It's going to be slow. Uh, the food system is complicated, but we're finding ways slowly and surely to reduce the amount of waste we have in the system. Uh, we're also uh, talking in your report, not we, you are talking mm -hmm. in your report about yep. ways to support year-round uh, growing of vegetables, and that mm -hmm. has to be in greenhouses. But how much of a shift does that entail from the way the whole industry runs now? Farm. Well, uh, yeah, we, we already have uh, in Canada, particularly down uh, southwestern Ontario in Leamington, about 500 acres of, of, of greenhouses. And compared to countries like the Netherlands, which have, you know, 10 times that amount, but are a quarter of the size of, of Ontario, uh, we could be producing a lot more and a lot more efficiently. Um, the simple fact is, for, to be food secure in Canada, we have to produce food 365 days a year. And the new Canada Food Guide that came out earlier in the year, it wants us to be eating more vegetables. It wants us to be eating more fruit. We need to work out ways. And as we say in the report, that, that means that we have food that is um, grown here, indoor farming, um, those types of things, and research and development into breeds that work better in those conditions. Uh, so, yeah, we need to be focusing more on producing things here. Okay. Thank you so much for that. Simon Samoji from Guelph University. We appreciate that, and thanks for your tips. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.